Let's continue with the second part of Shay Williams' story, where we discuss fatherhood. Enjoy. I was just um, uh, what led up to that was there was um, basically my brother, my mother was still living in Cork, right? And then she decided that okay, you know what? Um, actually, before she decided that, my brother was still going to school in Karatu where we were living. But then he's, you know, my brother anyways, he's quite, he's extremely quiet. Does his own thing. But then next thing you know, the principal calls us in. I say, oh, Simon, yeah, myself and my father. And my <laughs> you as the father and your mom as the mother, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, my actual father was called into. <laughs> and they said that basically he had started acting out in school and he had mm. basically gone into like two fights. This is wow. in primary school and that's completely on the, well, he's been there for about four years at this stage or three or yeah. four years. They know him. They know his character. <laughs> Never he's basically. Just, he's this gentle giant. Like he's, ex- big, he's big as well, but he's so gentle. Yeah. And then um, eventually they called us and they were like, okay, look, he's gotten to like two fights and he's just very, very angry and he's lashing out. So the principal said he had sat him down and asked him what was going on. And he said, look, he just wants to go and live with his brother. Wow. And so that was what was kind of going on then. And my mother agreed to it. And she was, so it was just herself and my little sister living in the house. But that was mm-hmm. never going to last as long as right. my little brother wasn't there or I wasn't there. She was eventually going to say she wants to come down and stay as well. Right. So I think when that happened, mother went into school. Um, picked up my little brother and left Cork. So I came back from uni. I made food for my brother, waiting for him to come back. It was taking too long. So I went to the school. I was like, what's going on? I'm looking for my brother. He said he wasn't there. And uh, then I tried to burn the school down. They said, wait, no, no. It's not like he's not here. They said uh, my mother had come to pick him up. Like she said, he Wait, had a you tried to point. burn the school down, or you just... Oh, no, I threatened. I told them, you know, I'm like, I'm from the area, so, I, like, they're not going to help. <laughs> you have to ask accordingly, right? <laughs> I'm not going I'm not gonna go to somewhere you tell me that, what you mean, you don't know where my brother is. This is the last place. I dropped him here in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and you then have to, that's to be like, yeah, because I, I, I came, it's just the woman was a bit cheeky, so I decided, okay, if you want to be cheeky, let me show that I can be mm. mad. So she was okay. like, look, Where's my brother? I, I was like, where, where, where is he? Like, yeah, I don't know. So that just the, the answer boiled my blood. It just so I that's why like look, I told them, look, I will burn this place down. I have no problem doing that. Mm. And then like, okay, no, no, your mother came. She picked him up. She said he had dentist um, appointment. I'm like, mm. what? Next thing you know, we called her. She turned off her phone, broke SIM card. So we didn't, couldn't reach her for about three days. So, so at that point, you were living with your dad and your brother, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Um, and so we hadn't seen him for about three days and uh, heard from them for three days. But he, so my father went to the police and then, um, what you call it? Upon kind of doing that, my mother then went to show that, okay, look, the two kids are with me, your mother, they're fine. And they were at this stage now in County Meath, uh, County West Mead, which is, again, about four hours, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that just kind of caught me off guard and I wasn't able to speak to them. So mm-hmm. it was my first time being forcefully away from them where I wasn't kind of really, I wasn't able to contact them. And mm. I didn't expect that to get to me. I guess it was like taking your kids away from you. Right, <laughs> forcefully. Right. So that kind of really messed with my psyche because, yes, I know like I'm raising them, but I just obviously missed them. And I, what it At was is my... alone, like... Yeah, my pain. No, no, not even that. My pain, the, the weird thing is in the whole situation, I never thought about myself. Mm. I just didn't want them to understand what was going on so they can have better lives. I was just like, look, my right. own already come here. They've already thrown mine to the floor. There's no point mm-hmm. in that. Let me make sure you guys don't go through the same thing. You don't mm-hmm. see this thing. You don't understand it. So you can be a lot happier because, mm-hmm. again, I basically come off as a very bitter and unhappy person with all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just, I don't trust people. I just tend to expect the worst first. 
anything mm. that does not start's not the worst is <laughs> normally a good sign. <laughs> mm. So that's the way I see it. And I just didn't want them seeing that the same thing, especially at such a young age. Yeah. So then there was a whole thing where then the two of them were deciding to kind of go on the court case. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, you guys are, you guys just trying to make everything worse. Mm. And <clears throat> upon that as well, just things going on personally as well. It's just, uh, you have your friends who are just doing normal stuff <laughs> you can't afford mm. to even do. Mm. And then there is, there is, um, there was just, I just felt that there was no peace at home or outside mm. home. Mm. So I think that's the first time things just kind of basically got to me and it's like, you know, I'm done. And, um, I guess I was going to take some drastic actions, but I was, I was talked out of it by Elijah in, mm-hmm. Which was kind of the first time we really kind of had a heart to heart, because he yeah. wanted me to talk, but I'm yeah. not, I'm not a talker. So yeah. to get me to talk, he told me like a bit of his story, mm. and when I say a bit now, let me paint the picture here. <laughs> so <laughs> he would say a tiny bit so you could talk, because <laughs> he knows that when I he gets you talking, he's, he's he's able to basically poke. And I'm like, wait, yeah, you didn't finish your story. You're like, I don't worry, that's another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to do that a lot. And like, even when he has conversation with guys and he say, oh, this and this, you know, we spoke about this. And I'm like, yeah, but did you tell them, you know, that you'd shared? He's like, no. And I'm like, you have to talk, like actually <laughs> say stuff. And then um, I guess with, time because you're married for about 10 years so with time after a while he, he'd get a bit into it and be like he'd tell me the whole concept and I'll be like okay you, you actually said stuff like that person said something and then you said something mm. back and you shared and they shared so he got the hang of it eventually but I'm sure at that stage he was very rough, rusty especially about talking about stuff like that yeah um, I think it was like um obviously I was I was just angry with both parents at that time and mm. Um, in which he told me that, look, uh, because the weird thing is he never actually met my mother. But, uh, he, met he, he met her once, but I don't know if he remembered. Cause he I, doesn't, I, I don't think he remembers it because he's always yeah, And I don't that. think he remembered either, yeah. Yeah. So he was just like, um, with my, at the time, anyways, it was like, you know, with, with my old man, you know, just go put things right. Or I was like, but I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, look, put things right. And then he always used to use the same line that, you know, he wishes his father was here. And that's the one mm-hmm. regret he always kind of has. And uh, then at that stage, you know, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of became a kind of a recurring cycle, which where he eventually kind of talked me into doing it. But like even mm-hmm. the smallest things, but he was like, he was always there, you know? Like yeah. I remember the time I needed boots. Obviously I wasn't working. I didn't have money to buy boots. And mm. he, or he, he noticed because my old boots ripped when we went to go play one of these football things. Mm. And what he did was, <clears throat> um, he had I boots. He used to work at Heaton's then. Did he work at Heaton's? Yeah, like yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So, so he, he had, had boots, right? He had yeah. boots, but he had like boots that people that don't play football, I, I couldn't wear that to play level on the side. Mm. Like people would laugh at me. So Why? he was like, there take my boots. I was like, you know what? Yeah, no, I'm cool. Because <laughs> at that time, he was just getting into football too. So he asked what kind of boots I normally use. And I was like, look, the ones I normally use is Vapors. And the one I think I was using these um, Nike Ronaldinho ones then that ripped because they were very comfortable. But I said the ones I normally use are like the Vapors because I'm really quick and the boots were light. So it was easier for me to run. I think the, the next week he comes up with, with boots, right? Yeah. Uh, they were they were mercurial vapors, just the, the, the ones I, I mentioned. They were like, ah, look at this thing. You know the way he doesn't like to show emotion or he doesn't like it because he feels <laughs> somehow it makes him weak? <clears throughs> so he was like, ah, actually, I bought these boots, oh, but I think they are too big for me. Take yeah, them on, they're your size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Obviously, I, I, because you know no, your size. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. I'll tell you the irony of that statement, right? I would. I was like, yeah, it's my size. But you know what? Stick it, stick it. I like this one that I'm using. And I knew what he did. So I thanked him. He was like, <laughs> he was like, why are you thanking me? I got something for myself. It's not size, man. So you can have it. And then that's when, <laughs> that's when I told him, like, 
but we wear the same size. <laughs> so I was like, how can it possibly be big for me? We literally wear the same size. How many of your shoes have I collected? He's like, eh. <laughs> Then you be like, you know, yeah, just, just stop talking. Just stop. Go, go and play. Go and play. Go and play before I change my mind. <laughs> and then you know, like it was just all the small things. Like I didn't have money to, like you know, get some clothes back then. You just bring some. You just like look, just take the take the shit. And like there were small things to him, but they were very meaningful to me because nobody had ever cared for me like that before. <laughs> nobody had ever kind of you know. Nobody cares what I'm doing. <laughs> Nobody cares what I'm wearing. Nobody cares if I have this or that. But mm-hmm. he was just able to see the small things and they kind of went a long way. Mm-hmm. And then the one that really kind of like, you know, caught me off guard, he just called me one time and was like, yo, I'm getting a new car. I have a car here. Um, you need to fix it a little bit, but do you want a car? Yeah, <laughs> I, remember I remember that conversation. I remember that conversation. Finish your story and I'll tell you what it looked like from my side. All right. I was like, I used to, at first I thought it was joking, you know, because mm-hmm. we did like to play um, practical jokes on each other, mm-hmm. um, which <laughs> sometimes could be extremely detrimental to others <laughs> around us. Yeah. But... Let, that's, that's, what, that's part of what I was saying earlier. Let's not go into that one today. Yeah, so um, I thought it was a practical joke, and I was like, "Look, I'm not gonna fall for it this time." I was like, "I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm being hundred percent honest with you." Like, do you want it or you don't want it? If you don't want it, I'll go and scrap it. So I was like, "Go and scrap it." He's like, hey, "Okay," and then he was like, "I'm just going to tell you this." He's like, "I'm going to tell you this one more time. I am not joking, oh." <laughs> so I was like, mm. "Okay, yeah, I'll take it." And lo and behold, it brings a car in, in like in, in front of the house. I'm like, "Wow!" He's like, "Yeah, take." This is your key. Uh, congratulations. And mm. that was my first care. That's how mm. I got my first care. Mm. Mm. So, like, wait, you said that it was a story from your side. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he just came and he was like, oh, you know, we had been planning to get a new car. So when we got the new car, he was like, oh, I'm going to give Shay the car. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you know, is he, is he going to buy it from us? And he was like, no, I'm just going to give it to him. And I was like, do you think he's like gonna look after the car? And he was like, <laughs> I think so. Like, yeah. And I was like, mm. I was like, like we don't actually need anything for the car. Like, he doesn't need to pay us. But you know, when you put money on stuff, people look after it better because <laughs> when you give people stuff for free, that's when they'll start. You know, they'll fling it or whatever. And he was like, No, no, no. I'm just gonna give it to him. I was like, Okay. Don't say I didn't say so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he just he, he brings that down, right? And mm. I'm just like, which so you actually serious, serious? I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> He's like, I, I told you that I was going to do something, then I'll do it. Like, mm. but that 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 gesture just meant a lot because I had wanted a car for like the longest time. It literally just kind of yeah. started working, but everything was going into like rent and everything because at this stage we're mm-hmm. back from Galway Go- and there was just and no... Galway was no... college or university or whatever. Yeah, Galway was union. So there was just no way to, to, to save at the time and it was just like, okay, wow. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> like, really, thank you, you know. We had like... The weird thing is, out of all, all the times, like, um, we've known each other, what, since 2009? Mm. and I'd say we had like three times where we were like you know completely heart to heart open with each other mm. and after that car situation was the second time mm-hmm. and but you know like the I had gotten so used to him that mm. we'd normally talk about two or three times even though we're probably going to see each other at the weekend anyways we'll talk to right. each other about two or three times a week and mm. <clears throat> Just because I was able to finally open up and share with somebody, it's my first yeah. time to be able to actually share what I'm really thinking with somebody. I'm mm-hmm. comfortable doing that, and mm-hmm. which is not something that was easy for me. Mm-hmm. And even like when I moved to Canada for a while, um, he was the one every time, every like at least every yeah. two weeks would have had a conversation. He'll call me to see how everything is going on, yeah. um, what's the place like, and you know, um, is it something that we should plan to move eventually for yeah. the future? That kind of a thing. We had those talks and yeah. it was it was 
very, very kind of meaningful. I even remember the one time that he convinced me to to have a party on my birthday because I didn't want to. Sh- I I hated doing stuff on my birthday because I, mm. <laughs> not like I've ever really kind of done anything, anyways. And mm. he convinced me to like you know look have a party. Sure, like you like look people like you <clears throat> have a party. Mm. Uh, come down, just chill, just do something for yourself. Sometimes you just yeah. need to celebrate, and yeah. that's that's kind of what I did. And that was kind of literally the person I would always kind of look up to. Even like getting into a relationship, he was already married, had kids, so he had the mm-hmm. he always had the right things to say when mm-hmm. things weren't going well. I'd usually call him, "Look, man, this is." And he was the kind of person I can call. I would tell the situation to how it is. You don't need to hide yeah, anything. You don't need to hide anything from him. Yeah. He's very yeah. open-minded yeah. like that. Like non-judgmental. Yeah, so, so everything, like basically, I, 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 I was going through. Okay, yeah, you know, this is this is this is a scenario I put myself in. What's up? He'd give me an advice. He'd tell me, okay, yeah, um, I've been into something similar. Um, this is how I got out of it. But <clears throat> he used to always tell me back then, that, look, these things I'm telling you, I hope you're learning from it, rather than mm-hmm. just basically <laughs> doing mm-hmm. something and looking for an answer on how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how it was. And he, like, he he was there. It was there. It really kind of meant a lot. And and then, unfortunately, what happened happened, and that literally just kind of put me back into my circle because, again, yeah. there's nobody I'd ever trusted like that to be able mm. to kind of talk to in that sense. I even remember, like, um, <laughs> uh, like I think after everything happened and um, I had a few personal things that, that, that happened after he passed, yeah. I remember picking up the phone and calling him. <laughs> I don't know how it skipped my mind, but then <laughs> the realization just kind of sank. Mm. Oh, my days. It was one of the most painful moments because it's just like the person I used to... <sighs> Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. The person I used to share everything with just mm-hmm. wasn't there anymore. And mm-hmm. it's just, it was a hard um, pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. And it's just literally as time went on, got older, I just realized that my actual father, supposed to be the figurehead and everything, is not somebody I basically ever want to share anything or have anything to do with again. Yeah. And as again, like I said, as I got older, kind of realizing that he's, this guy has manipulated me for my whole life. It's just like, well, I've just been a tool for him. Mm. Um, he doesn't treat the other kids uh, that way yet anyways, but so maybe they have hope. But mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's just like, look, at the end of the day, you're there. And... Um, the, the irony was even with all this, like Elijah was the one that was always telling me to go back to him mm. until he figured out the kind of person he was. Mm. And this is when we had one of our, our kind of our heart to hearts in mm. which he kind of told me that, um, like, huh? Like, yeah, I don't know how to say this. So. <laughs> 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 like when he started a conversation like that. I knew it was going to be deep. It's, like, it's ah. like, it's, it reminds me of, you know, like that pastor, the way he looks at you, those eyes, like, ah. That's how he actually looked. Because he looked at me that day with like, he has never ever looked at me with pity before. But I think because, I'm, the reason I can understand pity in people's eyes is because I can, I got used to it. <clears throat> So I could see it in his eyes. He just looked like, huh? At first, he was like, I didn't have to say it too. <laughs> and then he didn't say anything. And I thought he was doing that thing where he would start something, but he would not say anything. <laughs> because we, we fought, we literally fought a lot over that thing. I'm like, you you need to stop doing that. If you start something, for the love of God, can you finish it? <laughs> so, the reason he paused for like a good two, three minutes and he was just staring at me. And I was like, you know you have to say something, right? 
He was like, wait, wait, wait. I just don't know how to compose this. <laughs> he was like, but hmm. he was like, I feel like a bad friend. He's like, friend is not even the word. I feel like a bad brother. <laughs> so I was like, ah, what happened? Because like before he said this, literally, like we were legit playing game. I had just come back from Nigeria and um I brought back some Kilishi. So he came to basically pick it up. He came mm. to pick some up for my uh, for himself and you. But he ended yes, up finishing uh, his own, and then he ate and yours. Ate some of, <laughs> and he ate some of mine when he got here. He didn't even tell me he ate his portion until like after. <laughs> so he started eating yours. I was like, "Wait, that's for Bimbo." And he was like, "Hey, if you tell her." <laughs> <laughs> so when he was going, like I was just kind of walking onto the car with him and everything, but he just kind of just stopped and. Like again, he can get very dramatic when he wants to um, have these talks. And then I'm like, okay, wait, what happened? Are you gonna are you gonna talk? He's like, ah, I just don't know. He's like, I think I've been a bad. He was like, I think I've been a bad friend. He's like, mm, friend is not the word, brother. He was like, Shay, do you forgive me? I was like, again, I don't know what you have supposedly done. <laughs> so what's up? He was like, you know, upon thinking about everything, I'm always telling you to go and say apologize. You know, fix things with your father. He was like, you know what? She either might have been bad advice. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wait. I was like, was that it? He was like, yeah. (laughs) He was like, that might have been bad advice. You know what? And then I was like, wait. So wait, you, you paused and you stopped and you did all that just to tell me that. He was like, look. I'm not going to. It's like I'm not going to ever admit when I'm wrong to you, mm-hmm. especially to you. <laughs> but this one, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Come, come. And then he hugged me. <laughs> he hugged me as if to say sorry. <laughs> and then that was it. He was just like, "Look, um, I'm not, the, the advice I've been giving you all this time was, was wrong." Whatever you feel, she do it. You know what? I don't encourage it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, that's, that's literally when he was like, hey, hey, hey. like he was like, I even encourage it. And then, uh, obviously, as, as time went on, we didn't kind of hang out as much as we we used to. You know, we again. Yeah, at this stage, I'd gotten married, so like, um, hey. Um, going out was just kind of hard, but we did kind of always kind of when he would come to Dublin because at that time I'd moved out of Cork as well mm-hmm. and he'd come to Dublin. Um, I would see him for a bit, he'd come down, just check up on everybody. It's like, hey, I'm just checking up on you guys. <laughs> but when he would call, it was like, hello, do you have food in the house? <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite question. <laughs> yeah, it's like, see, is there food? Okay, 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 I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> and then he would come like, oh, I'm coming to check up on you guys. <laughs> no, 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 he used to, this is what he would do then. Then Vicky would come and like, oh, what you want to eat? He's like, ah, I'm not even that hungry, but whatever you give me, I'll take it. <laughs> and I'm like, Wait, but you just called me and told me you were hungry. I was like, Shane, that wasn't me. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh my days! And I think our, our our main like the the one thing I do kind of um I do kind of cherish and I hold is our, our last main like you know deep meaningful conversation which you said we thank God anyways that you were there and you heard it. I wit oh. I witnessed it. I was like, oh, all right, you're you're you know, feeling very emotional today. He was kind that, of like, that, you know, every once in a while you just have to kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since 2009, right? Since 2009, that was the only time he ever told me he loved me. He did. Right? I remember. He, I remember he came off the yeah. school that day. He was like, "Oh, I love you." You're like, "I love you." I was like, "Okay, this this talking is really, you know." I, said, I witnessed it, so it's not a lie. It's not a lie. Oh my days! <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Because every time, every time I would say that to him, right, like, look, look, man, you know, I, I love you. Like, you'd not say no homo. Plus, you're not my wife. You need to stop saying this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
he's like, you need, you need to stop saying this. You need to stop saying this. And then when he actually said that, I was like, wait, wait, wait. I did not even say it first there. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to tell the whole world. And his exact words to me was, whoever you tell you, yeah, I will deny it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like, the, re- the reason they kind of meant love is obviously Vicky was pregnant. He just found mm-hmm. out. Uh, well, he had, wait, oh no, I had, wait, is it, how was it again? Oh no, I wanted to tell him, but he was just about to take a flight. So we, we told you. But then by the time he got home, you told him. So he had already known the news. It wasn't a surprise. And it was like, don't worry. I already found that. So you told him before me, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I actually remember that day I was at work. You were like, I've got something to tell you. And you <laughs> as well, you're so dramatic. Um, and then you were going to say something. You probably said something along the lines that it's happened. Or, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Which I never need to say like much. <laughs> and that's how, that's how you guys had my lovely, beautiful godson. So, yeah. So, Shay, we've been talking for an hour and a half. So, I want to ask you now. So, first of all, first question is, you know, you mentioned two father figures, so one was your pastor and one was Elijah. Um, so do you have any other? Yeah, figures? I had um, one more who was, ironically, is Vicky's uncle. So it's the person I stayed with when I was in Canada. Okay, your wife's uncle, okay. Yeah, so I stayed with them when I was in Canada and he was, he was, he's a very, very nice man. He never met me before in his life, <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he allowed me to come down, stay with himself and his family. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Um, mm-hmm. It's when he kind of really kind of taught me about life. He's he's kind of into IT. Um, mm-hmm. He had, before moving to Canada, he had worked in the EU for, I think, like 18 years. Oh, wow. He was put in, like, Kosovo. And he used to oh, tell wow. me, like, the stories of how cold it was there. And he really like he was he was hurt when I was coming back to to Ireland. He was oh. he was very very pained. He did not want me to leave. Oh. And uh, <clears throat> he's also kind of like a, a deacon in church. So back then I used to do two services on a Sunday. Oh my! I was holy when I was in Canada. <laughs> 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 oh no, I was seriously holy when I was in Canada. But and he was he's he's like we still keep in contact. I actually still still text him and he still um has hopes that you know I, I'll come back. Mm. And he's just like telling me sometimes he even gives me advice, Oh, this is a thing that's out there if you're looking mm. to this thing. He actually tried to get me to switch into to, to IT when I was in Canada. Mm. I was like, Hey, do IT, do IT, this will actually really mm. suit you and everything. He himself and his wife were, were very, very nice. And she also wasn't happy when I was coming back. She mm. was very, very honest. She was like, no, no, just tell your wife to come here. You know, you guys have a child here. Uh, don't go back. You guys, mm. you know, everything is is here. You guys will really enjoy it here. Mm. But those were the, the, the three. I should have mentioned them a lot more, but I only spent um, a year in Canada. Okay. Uh, but I guess that's quite intense because... Even though it's a year, you were living with them, so you see them day in, day out. Yeah. So even though it's just a year, you know, with a lot of the other friendships, like even with Elijah, you probably see him every weekend or every other weekend and talking. But yeah. with um, your wife's uncle, that's quite intense as well because you're living with them day in, day out. So, yeah, yeah so those are your, you know, your father figures. So, um yeah, so what does what does fatherhood look like for you now? And, you know, do you have, you know, what things, you know, do you, have you taken into fatherhood and said, okay, yeah, I'm going to be better, I'm going to do better? Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think um, one of the main things I kind of took into this is just the atmosphere. I don't want mm. to have my, my, my son to have the type of atmosphere I had grown up. Mm. I don't want him to feel like he doesn't have a parent he can tor- turn to left or right. <laughs> mm. That kind of a thing. Going, I Basically, I plan to listen to him, like listen to him speak, because I think that's one thing African parents don't do. They don't listen. Mm. Um, they don't hear you speak. Like, mm. um, 
if I told you that both my parents have no idea about my traits, they're not yeah. able to tell me they from the other person. That. They don't know me at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I obviously want to get to know him. Um, make sure, literally, I think everything I took into fatherhood was everything my parents did, do the opposite. <laughs> and just just be there for him just feel like mm-hmm. i want him to know that he's always gonna have somebody to actually watch his back and know that's <clears throat> from a young age it's gonna be him versus the world mm-hmm. and i guess that feeling of being loved like you mentioned it a lot of the times where you didn't think there was anybody that really genuinely cared about you so even just letting him know that you know, he's loved. Oh, I think that's so 100%. Important. Is just shower with as much love as possible because hey, um, I guess with, with, with guys, guys who build to not really kind of care like that if people care about them much mm. or not or love them as much because, I don't know, they're supposed to be tough or anything. But mm. sometimes just showing somebody that you care goes a long way. Yeah. Um, I, you might not even understand that, but... Um, that's one one thing I can just <clears throat> I know I definitely do because it's it's ironic when I feel like that because I feel like I don't let a lot of people in but mm. if you're part of the group of people I let in I just I tend to overcare mm. um, which can annoy some people but I think that's just who I stop, am maybe stop intentionally trying to appreciate <laughs> I wasn't throwing shade, but hey, she fits, eh? <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I, I just tend to. I think the reason I tend to overcare is just because I, I understand what it's like not getting it. So if I feel, I just feel if I care about somebody, I just care about everything about them. Look, I just don't want. I try and put myself in that. Like, look, I just don't want you to feel pain because mm. pain is not nice and. Um, ironically, Vicky was actually asking me, oh, yeah, when you guys were even on the phone, like, we were speaking, and like, oh, what's the emotion I feel the most? And um, try not to, this is my own wife now saying that I tried, I doesn't see me being vulnerable. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what? I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, but what she can see is, yes, you just have a lot of anger and pain. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's not something that I mean to have, which... It's just that I guess everything that's bottled up from a long time ago. So I don't mm. like other people feeling pain. Well, other people I care about, but I don't care about. Want to pain? Hey, mm. pain. Mm. So that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> you think that like looking at other people's pain or your loved one's pain and trying to help them through it takes you away from your own pain, like takes the edge off of your own pain. Like if you're able to help someone you love and care about through their own pain or do something does it make you feel lighter as a person um it's it's a strange one not necessarily um um because i don't know i i think with me i just feel like i'm used to it Mm. and i feel like if other people kind of understand what like you know true happiness not pain is Mm. And then they're going through it. It's just, hey, if I can help you basically not to go through it and just become somebody that just becomes used to it and mm. I care about you, I will do that because I am literally the result of somebody that got used to it. Mm. And it's horrible because sometimes it's just like, hey, like I'm not going to lie, just building as a person is just, it's weird. I never thought like growing up in a household like that, I didn't think it was going to affect me long run because I thought, okay, yeah, I understood it from that sort of a young age, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm glad it didn't affect me in the way others, other adults around thought it would um, yeah. affect me. The only way it kind of like, I, I know for a fact it did affect me is I don't trust people. I'm not able mm-hmm. to share my emotions and I just tend to expect the worst. I go for the worst possible situation because I'm like, okay, look, the people that are supposed to be closest to you are your family. And if yeah. they've let you down so many times, <laughs> who says John from the street is not going to let me down yeah. much more times? So if I meet somebody new, I ex- immediately expect the worst. So when mm. they don't do the worst, like, oh, okay, maybe you can be cool. Mm. 
yeah but that's I guess that's one that's definitely one perspective but you know I was saying to actually I was saying to my sister the other day that you know God is so faithful in that you know since my husband hasn't been around he's sent people to be like a husband to me so like I don't have a bay or anything but like there's you guys so you and your wife and your sister-in-law there's my friends there's daddies there's uncles there's aunties like people that have stepped in and fill the gap and it's not just you know my family or by blood so and I know for a fact you know the closest people to you are not actually your family and they're people that actually have you know your genuine interest at heart so even though you know your family your blood are not there um God is faithful in that he sends other people to fill in you know those gaps and and be those people for your life and sometimes just for a season um yeah, yeah. no that that's that's definitely definitely when it was when it comes to my uh, my case I feel like I've I've created my own sort of family. Um, mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I have. Um, well, it's our community, and... our community family. <laughs> <laughs> like I have, like uh, Vicky and Zane, who the the, the immediate ones who are like mm-hmm. my own family that I've actually started. But mm-hmm. then, even like you know, before before that, I was able to, uh, like uh, I have close friends who I'm, mm-hmm. you know, more comfortable with <laughs> being around. Uh, for example, now Samson would usually like be my my right hand fall to guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, since he moved to the UK, we normally have to book our time. Uh, mm-hmm. If I want to speak to Samson tomorrow, I must have booked it like seven months ago. <laughs> yeah. You're rude. You're rude. I'm gonna send it to him, and he's gonna listen. <laughs> oh no! I, I say I actually I I said it to him because I was able. I actually called him like last week. I'm like. Ah. Mm-hmm. Is we actually have to book time with you. At least I've actually drive pencil Christmas for the next time we speak. So. <laughs> you're rude. You're actually rude. You're actually rude. You're actually rude. And then obviously we have um, you guys who I've always counted as family, even though you've not uh, treated me like that. But you know, uh, this is just save this for another podcast. Totally, you He's blocked me. Bring, remember, you blocked me bring... numerous times. Yeah, he's going to bring up this story as well from when he was like nine or ten, where I didn't Look, let him I, I'm sure, wait, wait, you see, you, you, see, you see what you did, you see what you did. My story was going somewhere and then you want to quickly look like the saints. I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> Tell the story, why do people have peace? Tell the yeah, story. So basically the story was, I was a young nine-year-old boy. I did not have a PlayStation, I didn't have games. I went to Bimbo's house. She was playing games. She was playing the PlayStation 1. She was playing it. And, you know, at that stage, I was there with my parents. It's, it's one of those things where you can't ask to play a game because I didn't know if I was going to be beaten or not. But I was glued to the TV. I think I was even paying attention more than Bimbo was the person I was actually but playing. I wasn't, yeah, but you're holding me to not asking you to play. I didn't even, I don't even remember. I did. I probably didn't even see you like that. Like you I did. Didn't you, I literally came to sit behind you. I was sitting because you stood. Yeah, you were sitting behind me. Was I looking <laughs> at you? And I wasn't even malicious. And you know this. I was just probably like, my. we had to bring this issue to my mum. Yeah, a few weeks ago because yeah. it's been recurring because it feels like it's a scar now. So, uh, but my mum was like, you know, I probably didn't even see you because I was in my own little world. Like, oh no, no, and- no, you saw me, you saw me. You saw me. No, see, see, I, this, no, the, the, I, I don't see you like that. Obviously, I saw you, but like, I didn't think to ask. Okay, you know what? Let's settle the matter now. Shay, I'm sorry. Yeah, if I could go back to that age, I would mm-hmm. ask you to play. Thank you. Thank you. See, I completely accept that. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think the only thing that hurts was just like when you finish playing, you disconnected everything and took it away. I was like, ah. <laughs> 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 At least <let> it pause. <laughs> Give me something to watch, please. <laughs> oh, my days. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> well, no, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad for, for, for having you around. You're, um, Again, you kept us sane. You kept us. Um, you always reminded us that we are grown and we are getting older. <laughs> right, right. right. You're like I remember one day when um, was it myself and Elijah we were play fighting in the sitting room, 
and you came out and you were like, you have a son? <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and I think at first, you know, uh, we, we might have had a complaining argument, but when Elijah was like, now, nah, imagine Green Boy wants to eat the chicken. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> and your reply was to him was like, what? You have a son. <laughs> oh, the amount of times we actually had fight over chicken, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've had to be the one to do referee or bring you guys back to reality. Um, so, so, yeah. I remember all my days. I never told. I don't know if I was absolutely destroying uh, the other side. Oh, I think I scored like five or six goals okay. with like my, my six different shots, and they were all like you know beautiful wonder goals. <clears throat> so mm. the ball goes up in the air, right? <laughs> and I go to header it down. Next thing you know, I'm kicked in the face, Ouch. and it's um, Elijah that kicks me with studs. He just kicks all my days. He removes my face. Uh, but in fairness to him, he did actually go for the ball. It wasn't malicious. But um, yeah, I'm it there. Ended up with your face being there. Yeah, my face, my face was bloody. Everything. At first, he came up uh, because, like, I was I was dazed, so he thought I was knocked out mm. <clears throat> because I was like I ran into it, so it was like a jumping header. But then instead of um, hitting the ball, I literally just went straight into his boot. Yikes! And then, so he thought I was knocked out. I was fine. I got up. I just had a, uh, I had a bloody nose because the studs. Um, I think it just the way they started, my nose wasn't on the studs. So I had a bloody nose. Wiped up and everything. Looks off. <clears throat> and uh, he looks. He's like, okay, he's okay. Like when he saw I was moving, he walked back. You know, with his teammates. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, he's okay. He's fine. <laughs> and everything and then Rory was like you nearly killed him how can you just want to continue <laughs> he's still on the floor <laughs> well, so um, I go to wipe my nose and everything I come back in he pulls me to the side he's like are you okay I know that's his way of being <laughs> of checking but not wanting to look you know soft in front of everybody <laughs> everybody I was like yeah I'm fine like alright like look what just happened? You can't tell Bimbo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many things that have happened at football that he it comes out anyway? Like, <laughs> like stop! Like, don't do that! Stop or, you know, calm down. So that's oh, why I discovered that football was actually his form of therapy from, like, life. Um, that's why he didn't miss it. Like, I'd always wonder, like, every Sunday, like, is it every Sunday they have to go to football? And the way he would be like, no, nah, I, can't, I can't miss football. After church, it's food <laughs> and it's football. <laughs> no, football was always hilarious. Yeah. So, oh, and the I, thing I, is, like, himself there. and 50, himself, 50 and Bayo, the three of them were a terrible combination to have on football with other Nigerian men. Mm. Like, it's already bad enough to try and play with, like, the older guys there because then they take their time and then um, they try to choose um, a team. They don't follow the rules. And then you have 50 who then completely comes with his own squad <clears throat> and then tries to pick the best players from all the other teams to join his team. And then you have the clash of the personalities when they're like, okay, when somebody this has annoyed them. Politics, is it not football? Are you oh, not no, 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 no. <laughs> there's, there's a lot more to the football. <laughs> and then you see that the worst thing is let's say you make a mistake you try to do a step over and you fall or something or something himself 50 and bio finds funny oh my god that is what they will go at for the rest of the game <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh no, they knew how to absolutely shatter somebody's confidence I think I hit the I hit the crossbar once before when I took a penalty and then since then on, I've been labeled as someone who cannot take a penalty. <laughs> Bear in mind, right? <clears throat> Bear in mind, if they had a goal-scoring record for that black distance, to say I hold the record is an understatement. 
I hit the post in one, <laughs> I hit one time, <laughs> just one time. They never let me forget it. Right. So I at you. <laughs> you think you are good. You can't even score simple penalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. That stigma haunted me for like two weeks, you know. I couldn't even score properly. I was a shadow of my former self. <laughs> Until I was like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I don't go back to playing normal. Yeah, to snap out of it. So the question I want to ask you now, like what just prompted me was just even you, you know, talking about the football thing there and like being able to snap out of it, like, and just have that tough skin. Like, do you think some of the things that have, you've gone through has made you tougher to be able to deal with life or, um, yeah. So what do you think of some of the stuff that's like, What's the beneficial part, even though none of it's beneficial and none of it is ideal? But what are the good things that you've drawn out of those negative experiences that you've had? Yeah, I think um, definitely having um, a tough skin is a, is, is a big one. I didn't know I had a tough skin until I met like other peers <laughs> and realized, okay, um, sometimes my joking around tends to go a bit too far because they don't they're not used to something like that i think i joke around a lot because um i feel like it's the defense mechanism that i built up mm. and it's one of the reasons why i just like I, everything look i just like look it's life and take life yeah. too seriously in that sense so it's it's also a way to basically kind of um deflect from myself that you, you know mm. just kind of joking and when I went to go, it was the first time I really realized that, oh, okay, I have tough skin. Because some mm. of these things that basically cause issues and fights for other people in go, are just things I'm like, are you serious? Mm. What's because you said this and that's how you're getting like this? Mm. And <clears throat> I feel like um, that's kind of grown up the way I did. It definitely, definitely made me have tough skin because, yes, I, I was called a lot of things, but I was like, mm. and like, apart from being called a lot of things at home. I don't think there's a racist word I have not been called growing right. up as well, especially playing football. Like even playing football, it went from like the the parents of when I was underage, like playing from under 14s upward. It went from like the parents of the players calling me racist names to growing up and it being the players calling you racist stuff. So wow. at that stage, you just kind of get used to it. And to be honest, I just, the only one that kind of gets me is I go for the creative ones. I've gotten so used to like, you know, all the, the, the racism and like the thing that you can possibly get called or things that can be done to you that you're like, okay, wait, if you're creative about something, you know, you have to give them props. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be like, ah, oh, no, nice wait, that's new. That's new. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> obviously it also coincides uh depending on your mood as well <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> sometimes you retaliate and then they retaliate and uh, it gets it, it turns into one big mess but no i'm not gonna lie the the, the creative ones just they, they tend to get me because it's like oh that's new i haven't heard that mm-hmm. one yet mm-hmm. it'll get to turn your head all right so I have another question for you. Um, so you spoke a lot about Elijah and he was like a peer to you, but also someone who's like a friend, a brother, father figure. So like to what extent do you think um, men who, you know, see younger men without father figures take responsibility for them um, in order to like, you know, guide them or even just talk to them? Like what... What role do you think men have in this? Um, weirdly enough, I think it's not it's not something that's common. It's not something that's kind of done a lot because yeah. even before I like met Elijah, there's like I grew up in Cork, so all those faces, instead of um, I suppose <laughs> instead of a lot of them to basically put out a reach in hand they just labeled me as a bad child or a bad boy because what i had my ear pierced and what i have one or two lines on 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 the side of my head Mm -hmm. so that made cork a terrible atmosphere and what what it just kind of made me believe was look when it comes to the black community 
instead of when you see somebody that kind of needs your help, they tend to turn their back and rather just label that person. Oh yeah, no, this person is a lost cause. This person is just like that. But the reason I was able to see that firsthand is because I was just labeled like a complete bad boy of Cork. I'm like, wait, what? You guys don't know me. You don't even speak to me. I don't know you. <laughs> I don't speak to you. Oh yes, you've heard this and that. And because at the time my closest friends were white, so they assumed that, oh yeah, oh, he does this and stuff. And like some of them smoke. Mm-hmm. and they've seen some of them smoke and they just assume, oh yeah, he smokes too, so it automatically means he's bad. You mm-hmm. see one of them in the fight, ah, this guy has killed somebody before. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I know yeah. you laugh. No, you know, I'm not even joking. They li- this is one of the things that was said about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they said I had taken a life before, which mm-hmm. again makes like zero sense, but I'm still just walking around free, but they know the details. Right, right. So that yeah, kind of made it difficult and you don't mm. trust like the, the the older guys and everything. So that's why like myself and Elijah, even before we kind of got close, there was a lot of um, testing of waters because I'm mm. like, this is strange. Mm-hmm. This is not Everybody's what normal black people do. With the side eye, yeah. Like yeah. Side each other up. Mm. So then... You know, what do you do now? So being in the position, you're a father now, but your son is still young. Like, do you look at other, you know, younger men that don't have father figures around? And, you know, do you, can you see, you know, what someone saw in you, that pity or that, not pity, but that, you know, I feel feel like this person might need someone to talk to or that cry for help. The weird thing, yeah, I, I, I do. And the weird thing is I actually have a few friends who are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a lot of them are more kind of the female because obviously they, they, they are kind of a bit more open and they just usually kind of surprise when somebody notices. <clears throat> the mm-hmm. the guy ones is normally a bit tougher because, again, I don't know, it's just a guy mentality thing to be tougher. But um, I have seen like um, a couple one who I'm still very close with um, today. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he has definitely had issues not having a father figure, but um, mm-hmm. actually, no, he's, ironically, he's older than me, but <laughs> um, I guess when you kind of, you know, they know your story, you know their story, you're able to be there yeah. for them. You can speak Like, I can be there for them life. as a father, yeah. but I, I'm always going to be like your brother, I'm here, kind yeah. of a thing. And I think the only thing that, that, that kind of, we, we got very, very close. And one of the only things that tends to freak out some people that you don't know that well is okay. Obviously, you see someone going through pain and you don't want that. You care for the person. And if you go out of your way, people find that very strange. It's like, okay, well, why are you going out of your way to try and, you know, help me out? And I'm just like, yeah, I this is exactly how I felt back then. <laughs> so it's strange it's when like the feeling... Hot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, yeah, I remember feeling like this back then. So it's strange when the feeling is completely opposite. Mm. Like, wow, this feels strange, but this is what was done for me. <clears throat> and again, now I literally, if you speak to people, you tend to have the ability, or I, I don't know, I, maybe I just assume, you tend to have, you have the ability just from speaking to somebody to understand them and mm. be like, oh, yeah, this person is going through something, but supposedly not everybody is able to do that, which, again, mm. is very surprising for me. So I don't know if, like, pain attracts pain or what's that thing that they normally say? I don't uh, know, but I guess because you've been in the shoes, so you can identify it, you know like, that, you know, there's something or there's there's something up, which is quite a good, unique, you know, ability, ability. Um, it's like a good, terrible ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so my last question for you now is, what advice would you give those who have had a either strained relationship with their father or they don't have, a father, their own father um, or mother in their life. And I think it's important to, I think for your story, you know, you ended that on, you know, you having this hatred for your mum, but, you know, that's not actually the case. You have 
you know fairly good relationship now um, yeah um i think we, we actually do have a good relationship now um we have more understanding and there's kind of more mutual respect from both sides mm-hmm. but literally the, the the thing that that apart well there are two things that that helps kind of make that happen which is one um vicky always being on my case to be like oh you know what sort things out with your mother she'd literally mm-hmm. been like that since the start mm-hmm. and the other one was just her actually acknowledging and apologizing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's something that you don't see uh black parents do mm-hmm. apologize and acknowledge that you know what yeah i made a mistake i shouldn't have done this and i'm sorry mm-hmm. and <clears throat> Again, you know, everybody deserves a second think, chance. Do you think if, you know, your dad um, was to, you know, if you were to have those conversations with your dad and get those closure and, you know, apologies or whatever, do you think it would change the nature of your relationship? Probably not. Mm. Like, I, I would, it would, like, okay, I don't understand, I'd accept it, but mm-hmm. still doesn't mean I want anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just that that bridge is to say that bridge is burnt is an understatement it's completely mm-hmm. extinct and wow. so it's just like okay um, you're there if I see you I'll say hello mm-hmm. but like that's if we see each other if we cross mm-hmm. paths which is probably going to be rare but um, that's the way it'll be if he apologizes but knowing him I don't think he's, he's, he's ever going to be one to feel like he needs to apologize to anybody. Mm. So then what do you do with the... I said it was one question. Okay, this is, the last, this is probably the second last question. Um, so what do you do with all the stuff, like, built up inside? Like, how do you get closure on that? Because sometimes, you know, some people wait till they get an apology to get closure. Some people just go off and get their own closure, whether the person says, apologizes or not, or does whatever. Um, I think I'm that kind of a person as well. I sort of, before you even say anything, I've already gone to try and heal myself because I figure you can't control anybody. So you can't control what someone says or does. And if you wait for them, you're surrendering yourself to them um yeah. I don't like. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, I think I think I'm yeah, I'm I'm in the latter I'm in the latter group as well. Um I just go heal myself. Um that's why I just tend to it's just like look, um I'm the kind of person that believes in um uh prevention being better than cure, right? Mm-hmm. So um I, I do kind of go off heal myself but I probably wouldn't have anything to do with that person anymore. Right. And I, I've explained this because um, the, <clears throat> I've been told it's not a Christian thing to do, which I'm like, no, that's completely wrong. I have mm. forgiven them. <laughs> mm. does not mean I've necessarily forgotten anything, but I'm not mm. going to let it happen again. For right. Me and I think also that's wisdom as well. And it's mm. not, not the Christian thing to do. Actually, people... You know, people get it wrong. People think because you're a Christian, you have to be a doormat. You don't actually yeah. have to be a doormat. You can say, mm-hmm. okay, this is where, this is the point that I say that, you know, I'm out, but, you know, I've forgiven you. It's yeah. all right. You know, I don't think bad towards you. I didn't hate you or whatever, but I don't desire to, you know, be around you or put, you know, my life issues into your hands or whatever. So yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel, and that's what I just kind of always say. And I've been told that yes, my system is a bit too harsh, and you just can't basically cut people out. And I'm just like, look, I don't need to deal with it. <laughs> if I don't mm. need to deal with it, there's no there's no point. So what's the point? What do I do? <clears throat> I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm forgiving you, and we just go back to everything the way we were. And I always use that thing that I read online about the plates. It's just like, look, take a plate, smash it on the floor, and say sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the plate does not automatically come back together. And yeah. then, you know, you get the people that then say, what would Jesus do? And then I always have to remind them, I am not Jesus. People mm-hmm. need to understand, understand when, they, when they say that statement. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, I, I am me, but this is, this, is how I'm, this is how I feel like I deal with things best. I just don't need to basically have that. It's easier. Mm, mm, mm. so I don't look for 
like closure and people i get right. it myself whether you give it to me or not right. and whatever happens happens right like right. you know whatever happens <laughs> we just won't cross paths again right right so then to sum up the whole podcast because we we're talking about fatherhood and we also spoke about your story and you know the different father figures in your life and also you being a father and what that that means to you um so yeah that's that's the last question what does being a father mean to you uh being a father it was hard it was actually hard to basically understand it at first when like um my son was born because every time i would just see him like just being a small baby that was actually like having a human a small human is going to look up to you mm. and see things that you do and you know sometimes trying to emulate and obviously as a father you always hope that no don't be anything like me be, be yourself or be much much better mm. than i ever was or ever will be because you just want that and basically for me i just want to be somebody i know that he can trust he can always look up to i'm always yeah. going to be here and someone that he's just basically going to get as much love and support no matter what it is that he wants to do mm-hmm. i will support i'm not going to be one of those people that enforces my will i'm not going to enforce my will because that's unfair on anybody yeah. if you really want like you, you you have a child child wants to grow up this thing for us you're only there to basically push them in what you feel is the right direction right and right. just don't let them try don't let them make a mistake or what you feel is a mistake but yeah. You're supposed to be there, show love, show support, and just help mold, I guess, uh, the, the the next generation. Mm. As you you just never know, basically, you never know who your child is going to be. No. But at least you can help down that path to be like, you know, you know what, this is this is a good path. I'm going to help. Mm-hmm. I'm going to basically be there for you. I'm going to show you support and love. Love and support, I think, is a huge, huge thing because mm. you don't get that, especially coming from like an African home. Yeah. You don't get that. There's no support. There's no love. Mm. Mm. Well, I can only speak for myself. I know others yeah. like look of love and support. Yeah. So I spoke um, the podcast before this. I spoke to um, Michael. And he was saying, you know, said the same thing, but we also spoke about, um, your case may be different now, but, you know, when we think of love, we think of love and showing affection. And, you know, sometimes an African parent can show love by, you know, say, for example, Michael used the example of him falling over and hurting himself. And instead of the parents be like, oh, my gosh, they were like, literally they got he got in trouble for hurting himself and it's because the parent obviously cared about him and didn't want to see him hurt but wasn't able to show that you know affection that you know somebody else might be and that oh my gosh how did this happen you poor thing or come on should I kiss it better should I it's like I, I told you not to do this or whatever, or you're going to get in trouble now for, for causing me pain because essentially you're causing that person a sort of pain. So, so yeah, yeah, when we talk about love, love can be shown in different ways, but still, it still has to be love rather than yes. not yeah, love. Yes, that's kind of important. And mm. especially just don't leave anybody feeling left out. Because... Mm. Mm. Um, that's the one thing, uh, another thing African parents uh, tend to do. Mm. Like, yeah, you want that person feeling left out. And then I think the most annoying thing is comparing to other kids. Mm. And like, why, why can't you be like this? Well, your parents ain't like that. Mm. <laughs> That's probably why. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. If only you could throw the question back at them, but that's causing trouble in African house. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's not encourage that. (laughs) 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 Okay, so, yeah, thank you so much for um, being on the podcast today, Shay. It's been a pleasure talking to you as usual. It's so good to get your insights into fatherhood. Thank you for 
taking us on a journey through your childhood to your adulthood and um you know just going in that detail so we could you know see and feel what you were going through at that point and then also allowing us to see how that affected you as an adult um and you know thank you for sharing your father figures your brother figure figures obviously one was my late husband which you know it's, it's nice to reminisce about you know that so yeah I'm sure he's happy that we're <laughs> talking and laughing about him um and yeah no it's it's really good to hear you know from your experience that you've become a different person to the person that you know you called a father um which is you know stable which is you know being at home being there for your child um and you know just having a different mindset about it and you know i guess you know having those father figures in your life and these friends and even just you seeing what you didn't want um has helped to mold that so it's been really insightful um i pray for more grace onto you and um yeah i know you're going to continue to be an amazing father to both your children and to you know other children in your life like my kids and you know your you know friends and people that you maybe talk to and mentor or whatever so god keep blessing you to do that and yes it was a pleasure to talk to you so thank you for sharing your perspective on fatherhood and i guess this wraps up um, it does not actually wrap up because I might have another episode on fatherhood, but it wraps up this segment of talking about fatherhood. So let me know what you think. Um, you can contact us on Instagram at Made Wonderful. That's M A D, the number one D E R F U L. Or you can contact me on In Every Season Pod, also on Instagram. And if you're not on social media, feel free to contact us via email on the um, every season podcast at gmail.com so yeah take care stay blessed um, and don't forget you are seen and you are loved